Nixon Automatic Instrument Sales. Leading dealers in mechanical music, selling quality instruments all over the world. Big or small, they can expertly handle the exporting, packaging, shipping and delivery of the instrument. And they're always buying. If you're looking to sell your instruments or even your whole collection, they offer a fast, friendly, hassle-free solution. Don't forget to like their page on Facebook to hear first what comes into stock and visit mechanicalmusicsales.com. Nixon Automatic Instrument Sales. Broadcasting from our studios in the UK. Heard around the world. Automatic musical instruments. On app, on Alexa speakers and online. Tuesday Night Live with James Dundon. Evening. Do you know, I've often pondered, why would you build a replica organ? Why would you build it? Because, you know, the, uh, particularly over here in England, we uh, there's some snooty people going around going, well, he's only built a replica only because he can't afford a real thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're building a replica of something. That means it's got to sound like what you're building. And that is really hard. You're going for a high bar. That is so, so difficult. So hats off to anyone, anywhere, who ever builds a replica. Tonight we're celebrating a guy in the US that's done just that, a Wurlitzer 165 band organ, the biggest type of instrument that the Wurlitzer firm ever built, and he's done a replica of it. He's done all the pipe work. It's stunning. Bruce Newman, the man behind the pipes, joins us for a live chat tonight on the show. And by way of comparison, he's based this organ on, of course, the famous Wurlitzer 165 band organ, the Lincoln Park Wurlitzer, owned by our very own Glenn Thomas, who's on with his show from midnight tonight. So we thought we'd open the show with a track from the Lincoln Park Wurlitzer. This is Triumphant Banner March.
Northern Banner March for Lincoln Park Wurlitzer. We speak to Bruce Newman, who's built the replica of that organ a bit later on on the live show tonight. Evening, I'm James Dunder. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in this evening. Uh, we're on app, we're on your smart speakers and on our website, mechanicalmusicradio.com. Now, our Tuesday talking point, already getting a lot of comments on social media. Quite simply, I've asked you, what is your earliest memory of mechanical music? So maybe this is the organ or instrument that inspired you to get involved in the hobby, the thing you remember seeing when you were a child, the earliest memory. That's what we're looking for. Robert Washington says in the late 60s, there used to be a visiting organ in the back of the Transport Museum at Clapham in London. I remember at least two different ones, but Dad never took any photos. But one was possibly the 89-key merengue Lady Hamilton. I would have been five or six at the time. Michael Pumphrey says Saturday nights at rallies with the showman's engines generating and the organs playing. Stan Burgess Verbeck and uh, Earl Haig riding on Downs Gallopers and watching the Saunders stage show at Wheating with their gavioli and the Penny Rigdon dancers doing Aces High. Memories there for Michael Pumphrey. Uh, Bruce said about three years ago riding on the carousel at Kennywood Park, a Wurlitzer style 153. That, believe it or not, is Bruce's earliest memory of mechanical music, just three years ago. Can you believe that? If you've got something to add to our Tuesday talking point, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me on the website, mechanicalmusicradio.com. Four songs, but what's the connection? Mechanical Music Radio's Connect Four. Here we go, then. I think an easy one tonight. Think, um, think competitive sport. All right? Think competitive sport, and now I've given you that clue, you'll probably get it on track one, the black and white rag.
Mechanical Music Radio's Connect Four. songs and you've got to identify by uh, connecting together the tenuous link in the tunes what the connection is tonight so think about the titles think about what sort of story we're telling with the titles of the songs we did black and white rag and we did on a fast journey so we're two songs in to connect four we've got another two to go if you think you've worked it out already you can send us an email on the website mechanicalmusicradio.com so black and white rag on a fast journey and track three is Rally Round the Flag. Mechanical Music Radio's Connect Four. Thank you. 
fantastic Connect Four tonight. Uh, that track from Neptunus, Beep Beep the Bubble Car, a favourite of many, I know. Regularly requested. So Beep Beep the Bubble Car, Rally Round the Flag, On a Fast Journey, and Black and White Rag. If you are a new listener to Mechanical Music Radio and there's new people tuning in tonight to hear Bruce and the interview we're going to do with him about the replica Wurlitzer a bit later on. So welcome to the show. You are more than welcome to give us an email on the website and let us know what you think the connection is. Play along with the games that we're going to be doing on this live show this evening. So the Connect Four is four tunes, the titles, something about the words, the theme that we're building... There's some sort of story we're telling with the titles of the music. When you think you've worked it out, uh, well, you better get in touch now because we're revealing the answer in five minutes. Mechanicalmusicradio.com and click contact. It's that simple. Just get in touch with us. The tunes again, Black and White Rag, On a Fast Journey, Rally Round the Flag, and Beep Beep the Bubble Car. And my clue to you was competitive sport. Competitive sport is the clue. The tunes Black and White Rag, On a Fast Journey, Rally Round the Flag, and Beep Beep the Bubble Car. Uh, yeah, well, let us know what you think the connection is. We reveal all in five minutes. Text the studio now 07871 221 511 or email through our website mechanicalmusicradio.com. Looking for roles for your hand-turned organ? Over 2,000 titles available from the French suppliers Cochard & Co. The world-class arrangements of Hido Van Ost and Tom Meyer are now available for all Raffin scales, with an option to listen to an arrangement before you buy. As well as paper roll, Sebastien Cochard also supply cardboard book music for many scales. Please visit cochardandco.fr, also on Facebook and Instagram.
Tuesday night live. Mechanical Music Radio. songs but what's the connection mechanical music radios connect four well tonight's connect four everyone was chomping at the bit sending wrong answers we had snooker we had television licenses we had chess and then the correct answers started coming in uh, well done to ben jackson fastest finger first impressive work ben tim in callington second place and bruce newman Tuned in, ready for his interview a bit later on. He is third. Cheers, Bruce. Well done also to uh, Nick Williams, uh, Stephen Morrison, Michael Clark also gets it bang on. Bill and Claire in the US and Michael Pumphrey. Guido has also done very well for himself. Hi to Andy Haskins, Paul Rogers. Also hi to Denise, who is listening online. Robert Chilton gets it right, so does uh, uh, grindorgans.com, Ingmar, Johnny Ling, and many more. Sorry if I didn't have time to message you, uh, mention you rather. The the Connect Four tonight, the tunes we played, Black and White Rag, On a Fast Journey, Rally Round the Flag, Beat Beat the Bubble Car. It was a Formula One Connect Four. We're talking motor racing tonight because Black and White Rag with the Black and White Flag on a fast journey, rally round the flag. Several clues in that title. We're going round the racetrack with the flags, rallying, and beat, beat the bubble car. I don't think they've got horns strictly, but uh, it's all a bit chaotic. 
Formula One motor racing. Well done if you played along and got tonight's Connect Four. And if you withheld your email, because we know there's loads of people listening who never email into the show, I hope you'll give tonight's one second song a go. Or maybe get involved in our Tuesday talking point of the first bit of mechanical music you ever saw. Get in touch now, mechanicalmusicradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, coming up, we will be speaking to Bruce Newman about the Lincoln Park Wurlitzer replica. Let's hear another track from it now. Dardanella comes from the original organ, and you'll hear the replica and the man who's built the replica in just a moment. Tuesday Night Live with James Dundon.
See, Burgor Castrian is playing here at Mechanical Music Radio. James Dundon through till 10. Then we've got an hour of your requests from 10pm, whatever you want to hear. You can request on our website, mechanicalmusicradio.com. Click Requests. After 11, we do the happy hour. And after midnight, Glenn Thomas, live and direct from the US, with his primetime mechanical music show. Join Glenn for a great mix of music a bit later on. Our Tuesday talking point is your earliest memory of mechanical music. Carl says, visiting steam rallies with my grandparents in the 70s. Uh, Ian Postlethwaite says, from around three, I can remember the grand organ at various events in and around Salisbury. And the same for the X White Legs 89 key merengue when owned by Arthur Thompson. Nick Williams even uh, posted a, a picture. He said, frequently used to see the 89 key Carl Fry organ owned by the Bishop Brothers of Craven Arms. I would guess I was three or four here with my dad. He's put a picture of it on there. I think that organ later became known as the Majestic Organ. It's now with Paul Brown in Sussex. Very nice instrument. I think it was, um, wasn't it an Arburo orchestrian to start with and then rebuilt more fairground organ style a bit later on. Ben Jackson says the 65 key Verbeck, the ex-John Nixon, when it was in the bygone village in Norfolk. Very good. Thank you, Ben. And Linda Varley said, 1978, we were taken to my first steam gathering at the Kendall Showground in Cumbria. There was a big Ruth organ there. I can't remember the owner's name. And also seeing a decap organ that had drums and a couple of accordions really fascinated me to see that sort of organ. Cheers, Linda. Thank you. I keep those comments coming in. We'll read out some more soon. Uh, you can get in touch on the email if you like, mechanicalmusicradio.com. Mechanical Music Radio's One Second Song. Here it comes then. Have a little listen, get your ears around these few notes. It's just a second of the tune that you get, and then you have to identify what the tune is. Do you know this? I think I've been quite generous tonight. This is easy. Come on, come on. We'll, uh, there's a couple of different titles you could go for on this piece of music. I'll accept either. I'll make it easy. So get in touch now, mechanicalmusicradio.com. We would love to get your answer for the one-second song. We'll reveal it at the end of the programme tonight. Text the studio now. 07871 221 511 or email through our website, mechanicalmusicradio.com. Join me, David Ward, on Mechanical Music Radio, broadcasting to you live from Dublin in Ireland, bringing you the greatest selection of mechanical music instruments anywhere in the world. Every day, Monday to Friday, 4pm until 6pm. We've got a jam-packed show for you. We do a trio of rally scene instruments every day at 20 past 4, and at 20 past 5, we do our feel-good three. So join me, David Ward, on Mechanical Music Radio, Monday to Friday, 4pm until 6pm. It's the moment many have been waiting for. Bruce Newman is on in a couple of minutes talking about the replica band organ that he's just completed. And we'll hear it too. Coming up after the museum spill clocks, 92 key to cap.
Welcome to Tuesday Night Live with James Dundon. Our special guest this evening is a man who's just finished his project to build a Wurlitzer 165 replica, one of the largest models that the company ever made. Uh, it's taken two and a half years, but it's there, it's playing, and it's blown people away on social media and YouTube this week listening to tracks from it. So let's speak to the man behind it. Bruce Newman joins us. Evening, Bruce. Hello, James. Thanks for joining us. Where exactly are you in, in the US, Bruce? Where are you based? So I live in Oregon, which is one of the western states in the continental US. And uh, I'm right on the Pacific Ocean, on the southern coast of the state. And just a little bit of background about you, for, for those that might not have heard of you before, you're a very obviously a very talented guy and you do all sorts of mechanical organs and orchestrians you've got quite a lot on your new workshop by the look of it you know my interest was peaked in mechanical music when i was about five or six years old and saw my first player piano and i've been fascinated with mechanical music ever since then and uh, actually apprenticed with uh, a fellow in illinois and moved out to go work with him when i was 17 and uh Left the field for a while um, and then got back to it about 12 years ago uh, in a roundabout way. I, I really wanted a, a set of violin pipes for a project I was working on, and there were really none to be had. So I thought, well, I, I'll just have to figure out how to build them myself. <laughs> that sort of uh, word got out to a couple of um, restorers that I was, you know, trying my hand at building pipes and uh, with some encouragement um, from David Ramey Jr., who's a, a restorer here in the U.S., um, I began building pipes for him and then people started asking him where he was getting his pipes and so some of his customers started contacting me um, directly to build pipe work, mainly for orchestrions. And then it just sort of, you know, grew after that to the point that about, oh, I guess it was eight years ago now, um, when my husband retired, I thought, well, this is probably a, a really great time for me to start doing this full time. Okay. So, so you, you set up. I've, I've been moment. doing it full time. Yeah. Wow. And is this one of the biggest projects, this um, Wurlitzer 165, the, the, sort of in effect a replica of one of the biggest band organs the firm ever made? Is this one of the biggest things you've ever undertaken? Yeah, it, it definitely was the largest, um, you know, organ pipe building project for sure. Now, tell me um, a little bit about the Wurlitzer 165 scale. Exactly how much is, is packed in behind that facade? Well, you... You've got uh, six bass notes, so you have uh, six trombones and six, you know, large stopped wooden flutes, and then along with the flutes, you have uh, a four-foot open flute that plays along with them. And to give this organ a little bit of extra punch in the bass, we added six stopped flutes at four-foot pitch that aren't normally found in a typical Wurlitzer 165. Um, and then you've got the accompaniment section, which consists of stopped flutes and basically an open flute or a pressed amp type pipe. Uh, then you have the counter melody section, which includes the trumpet pipes, 
uh, cello pipes and the bassoon pipes. And then you have uh, the melody section, which contains eight ranks of pipes. We have two ranks of loud violins, two ranks of soft violins. There's uh, a piccolo rank, which is a, a small open flute, uh, a flageolet rank. Then you have a stopped flute rank and a large open flute rank. And that's pretty much all the pipe work. In a, if you in counted up exactly how many pipes you had to make for it, Bruce? Uh, I believe a normal uh, Wurlitzer 165 has 256 pipes in it. And because we added the six extra stop flutes in the bass, this one has 262, I believe. Right. That's just off the top of my head. I may be a little off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a, a lovely reaction to the instrument on social media. People have really appreciated your hard work in building the pipes. And, of course, you, you delivered the pipe work to the owner who'd been making the chests and the player mechanism and the casework and, and, and everything. And the facade was, was carved by a, a shop in Mexico. So to see the project come together, what, what did you feel? Because it, it, you, you never know how it's going to sound until you've got it all together, do you? That's true. And, um, you know, when you, when you build a set of pipes and then ship it to somebody to install in, in their cabinet, uh, you always have, you know, some tweaking that needs to be done because pipes get installed, you know, in very close quarters to one another. And especially when it comes to trumpets and trombones, when they're packed in there, there's some, you know, shading that occurs, which can alter the way the pipe speaks. Uh, to do the fun valves, um, you know, maybe uh, changing the length of some of the resonators a little bit to get everything speaking properly. So basically, the organ had never been heard before in all its glory because, you know, some of the, the pipes were not speaking properly until I got there and was able to uh, do some adjusting and voicing to them. And it was a thrill to finally, you know, hear it. It's spring to life, all, all tuned and, and sounding great. It practically brought tears to my eyes, I have to tell you. It was a wonderful experience. Great. We're going to hear it now. And uh, this is The Locomotion, which, of course, popular piece we all know, and we're going to play it on the new Wurlitzer 165 replica with pipe work made by Bruce Newman. And after this, a bit more of a, a chat about Bruce and what he feels about the reaction that it's got on social media. Because a lot of people have enjoyed hearing music from the instrument. But here it is now, an exclusive recording for Mechanical Music Radio.
locomotion on this new Wurlitzer 165. I think you'll agree the sound is amazing. We're speaking to the man that made the pipe work for it. Bruce Newman is joining us live on the programme tonight. And Bruce, you've you've had quite a reaction on social media. A lot of people really appreciate the instrument. A lot of people saying it's the best, um, you know, replica band organ they've ever heard. Well, I'm, I'm very flattered. <laughs> of course, my... My goal is to provide pipe work that, you know, sounds as appropriate and authentic as possible. And I spent a lot of time on that aspect of it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that people are happy with the results. So how did, you, how did you do this, Bruce, making a replica of a 165? Of course, we know there's, there's one 165, very prominent one in existence, and that's owned by Mechanical Music Radio's very own Glenn Thomas. Um, who's got, of course, the ex-Lincoln Park Wurlitzer. How how did you manage to replicate what that organ is? So I was very fortunate in that um, there were two instances where two separate people took very detailed measurements of the pipes in Glenn Thomas's organ. Uh, there was a fellow, the late Mark Chester, who um, went over to Glenn's place while all the pipes were out of it during restoration and took very careful measurements. And before um, Mark passed, uh, he shared with, the, with me those measurements. And then um, a friend of the owner, the owner is Alan Velto, and he's a good friend with John Malone of Playwright Music Rolls. And John Malone had commissioned uh, a replica, Wurlitzer 165 from Johnny Verbeek, Johnny had a fellow who worked for him named Martin Conrads, and uh, Martin was at Glenn Thomas's house at one point tuning, and he took very detailed measurements of the organ, of Glenn Thomas's organ. So I was able to get basically two reference uh, sets of uh, measurements that I could compare to one another, um, and I think I got a, a very accurate uh, representation of you know what those pipes, uh, what the scales are supposed to be. I then run them through a computer program to perfect the scales because often when pipes are built, errors creep in. Maybe the machine didn't get quite it, you know, set it quite the right setting, or a board or two were sawn, you know, a little large or a little small. So then I can you know I can get the the pipe scale, you know, perfected to within a few thousandths of an inch. And when I build my pipes, I do it very carefully so that that, that scaling is properly maintained. So um, a lot of work goes into it, but I think I think the results are, are speaking for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, uh, you know, you were very fortunate to have a couple of different uh, reference points so far as measurements go, because... Measurements, I, yeah. I could not measure uh, all the pipes of an organ. I would find it the most boring job. I'm terrible. I'm a scatterbrain. <laughs> I get my numbers mixed up. I mean, I'm, I'm currently looking at my blouse, Dutch Street organ blouser is going to go on a new trailer this year. So I'm currently measuring up for a new trailer. I've got two measurements to do, length and width, and I'm terrified that I'm going to get either one of those two <laughs> measurements wrong. I keep re-measuring. But when it comes to measuring all the... Because there's several... There's the height, width, depth. There's a lot that goes into each pipe. And how far did you replicate... Also, things like wind pressure. How did you work out things like that? 
Well, uh, I knew that most Wurlitzer 165s operate on eight and one quarter inches of wind. So I, you know, had that as a starting point um, for the pressure. And of course, one of the um, measurements is mouth height, which is very critical to the way a pipe sounds. You know, there are probably four measurements that are the most critical for um, determining, you know, the, 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 the intonation of the speech of the pipe. You've got the cross section, which is the interior width and depth of the pipe, the height of the mouth, and then the depth of the windway. And really those four um, will determine sort of the timber uh, of the pipe as it speaks. And you've got to get those just dead on. Otherwise, you know, the pipe will sound differently. Yeah. Well, you've done a great job, Bruce. Look, we're going to hear another track now from this replica Wurlitzer 165. This is the Trumpeter's March. <laughs> Thank you. 
absolutely great. And we are joined by Bruce Newman, the man behind the pipework in that organ this evening. It's been great to chat, Bruce. I know it's not just this organ you've been working on. You've got, always got multiple projects on, as any organ builder has. Yeah, orchestrians is is one thing you, you seem to be really good at. I, I've been enjoying listening to some... Um, tracks from the O-Roll Orchestrion that you've just finished restoring on YouTube. Yeah, that was quite a project as well and and uh, took several months to complete. Basically, a, a customer in San Francisco wanted me to build uh, a very large O-Roll Orchestrion and this one is rather unique in that it has five different solo instruments in it instead of two. Typically, an O-Roll instrument will uh, control a set of either orchestra bells or xylophone bars, and then a set of pipes, whether flute or violin or whatever. Uh, But this machine that I built for the customer had both orchestra bells and a xylophone, flute pipes and a set of Celeste uh, violin pipes, as well as an accordion. So it was quite a, a large, complex instrument. Well, it's um, it's it's great that you're uh, doing all of this there in your workshop. Um, you see, it's it's as you you said you used earlier the word retirement when it comes to what your husband was doing, and that made you a chance to to sort of do a bit of a career change. Any mm-hmm. any regrets going into the organ building business? Because it must be difficult being there in the workshop. Most days you're working on your own. I don't know what you did as a job before, but it it must have been quite a change for you. Yeah, I was doing affordable housing uh, previously, and this was a big change, but I have zero regrets. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm happiest when I'm right here in my shop working, and I, I, I have, um, I've never looked back. I think it was the best decision I ever made. Brilliant, Bruce. Absolutely great. And what's next? What's the next ambition? You've you've built the largest Wurlitzer band organ that was ever created. You've built a replica of that. What possibly is on your list to achieve next? Well, as far as something for myself, uh, one thing I have in the back of mind to do is to recreate a European-style orchestrion. So basically a piano-based orchestrion, but with lots of ranks of pipes. Um, something along the lines of a Hopefeld or Weber or something like that. Wow. Uh, so when I get a chance, that may, be, <laughs> that may be my next fun project. And that is the, that is Rolls-Royce standard. I mean, couldn't you, you know, copy, <laughs> couldn't you copy something easier, like a like little hand-turned organ or something? <laughs> <laughs> but Bruce, look, I, I really admire your efforts and uh, I'm so glad that you're getting the the comments you deserve on YouTube and social media for your achievements. So keep it going and keep sending music to us for, to play, all right? I will certainly do that, James, and, and you keep that radio station going. I love listening to it while I'm working in my shop. Thanks a lot, mate. Take care. Bruce Newman, you're listening to Tuesday Night Live. Final track from this uh, Replica 165 is a Beatles hit.
Nick Gray, Replica 165 Band Organ, and thank you so much to Bruce Newman for giving up a little bit of time this evening to have a chat about his achievements. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you can recommend this show to a friend. We podcast it every week, and uh, you can get that on your podcast app. If you've got a smartphone or a tablet and you subscribe to different podcasts, you can subscribe to us, give us a five-star rate and review, and we'd love to receive your feedback. If you've enjoyed the show, share it with a friend, mechanicalmusicradio.com, and there's over a 100 different episodes of this programme down through the years that we've done uh, with different interviews, guests, and themes. Have a listen again. Search for us on our podcast app, mechanicalmusicradio.com. Mechanical Music Radio's One Second Song. Oh, and I've just had a, a, a message from Peter Mackett saying uh, the last train to Clarksville was a hit for the monkeys. You're dead right. What did I say? The Beatles. Oh, dear. And I call myself a radio DJ. Meanwhile, the One Second Song. I mean, we only played a little bit of it. Did you identify it from this? Any ideas? We had so many messages. Actually, Peter Mackett was fastest finger first, followed by Mary Morrison second and Nick Williams third. Also well done to Roger Wiegand in the US, Michael Pumphrey, Kath and Bo in uh, listening there, Kath and Bo Newton. Uh, Guido also gets it bang on, so does uh, Ben Jackson, Bill and Claire in the US, Robert in Callington, Bill Warder, David Aldridge, Glenn Thomas also getting in touch, Roger Wiegand, uh, did we say Roger Wiegand? No, no, he was also... Oh, he said last train to Clarksville was made popular by the Dave Clark Five. Yeah, all the monkeys. All right, thank you. Uh, Well done. If you got the one-second song right, if I play a bit more... (laughs) What a way to end the show, eh? Monty Python's Flying Circus or Liberty Bell.
There you go. Jonas Gavioli, Liberty Bell March or Monty Python's Flying Circus. So our Tuesday talking point has been the first bit of mechanical music you remember seeing. Uh, Johnny Ling in Suffolk says, My earliest memories of my grandmother letting me play the barrel organ by J.C. Bishop in uh, the church in Norfolk when I was seven and also trips to Bressingham Steam Museum as well. Alan Bookham says, First piece of music I heard, George Cushing's 68 key bursons at the Pentworth Steam Rally. It was owned then by David Ellison and it was playing Moldy Old Doe. <laughs> um, Barnaby Newton says, First organ I remember really is the 89 key merengue owned by Chris Edmonds when we went to the British Transport Museum in Clapham. That's the second person who said that. He said it was playing National Emblem March, a fine sight and sound. Alan Ragsdale, listening to my dad's record collection aged four or five, and I've still got the collection to it till this day. Fantastic. Sarah Hall, sitting in the steam-driven gallopers at Bressingham. Uh, the same visit, I had a footplate ride on the Oliver Cromwell and fell in love with steam. Fantastic. Tim Blythe, the first mechanical organ I remember is in Dartmouth Regatta Fair. And Peter Mack is here, Downs, 87 Key Gavi at Kings Park in Bournemouth, when I was still in my pushchair. There you go. The thought of Peter Maggot and nappies ends tonight's programme. Hey, I want to end the show by saying a very happy birthday uh, to Lily, who's listening in Callington. She's 20 today, listening with the family. Hope you have a, a fantastic evening, whatever you're up to. Get the party tunes on next, then, in the request hour. You can hear whatever you like. Just get to mechanicalmusicradio.com and select your favourites. 